You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans? And welcome to Lockdown Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at Joe Kilgallen. Give this podcast a follow as well. That is simply at Lockdown Cubs. How about it? The Cubs won yesterday by a score of three to one over the Minnesota Twins up in the Twin Cities. Do they play in Minneapolis? Do they play in St. Paul? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where Target Field is. I like to think it's on the border and both sides come to it's like they're like Springfield and Shelbyville if you follow the Simpsons, right? The, You'd think they'd get along, but they don't. They don't. If you know someone in St. Paul and you were born and raised in Minneapolis, you despise them. You go, you, you stay back in St. Paul where you belong. Oh, it's Pauly. That's what they say. I, I, don't, don't research this at all, everybody. Just trust me on this. That's how it goes, okay? This episode, of course, is brought to you by Locker Room, everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. It used to be called Locker Room. Now it's called Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room app and find one of our lockdown rooms. That's what I meant to say. How about it? All right, let's talk about the game that was. I'll be talking about that. We'll break down the box score. Frank Schwindel, Frank Schwindel, everyone. Frank the Tank Schwindel, a representative of the Schwindy City. Let's let's dive into him a little bit, huh? I'll give Zach Davies some kudos, too, on the mound. Although he only went four and a third, he didn't get lit up, like has, which had been his custom for a while. He'd been getting rocked so much, I almost thought like it was a kink of his. For the younger listeners, Google what a kink is, and it'll make sense to you what I just said about Zach Davies. Manny Rodriguez was fine. Okay, we'll talk about the whole box score a little bit. I'm going to talk about how Frank Schwindel is a guy. It really does shape a lot of what this offseason could be. Can you believe this, Cubs fans? Did you ever think in your wildest dreams that heading into the 2022 season, the offseason before the 2022 season, that Frank Schwindel would be playing such a massive role in what's going to happen going forward? It could be it could be a very good thing. It could be a very good thing, actually. Um, uh, th- we'll talk about what the Cubs did in August, and then you know we'll, we'll look a lot around the league a little bit, uh, a little bit around the league. I got a, a further update on the whole bias booing situation. Something interesting happened there. But first, we will talk about the box score again. The Cubs won three to one. Started the scoring early. Frank Schwindel hits a home run, a long deep drive to center field. He really crushed it. And uh, that was his eighth home run as a Cub, or seventh, I apologize, his seventh home run as a Cub. He is now hitting 308. His OPS is 933. He's been fantastic. He was dh yesterday, but has been playing a solid first base. He dh because Rivas, who he just called up, who looked really good in his first uh, start against the White Sox on Sunday, getting a couple base hits there, including a double. He got the nod at first base. He went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. It's going to happen to some young hitters. The strikeouts are a little surprising, though, because he's a guy who really is known to control the strike zone and be a high-contact guy. But, you know, he's got, there's mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this, our mama said. I'm pretty sure, right? Up and down the box score, Ortega went one for three. Schwindel, I mentioned before, went one for four with the bomb. Ian Happ also went one for four, hitting a absolute bomb shot, a missile, just completely launched the ball. I don't know where target field in Minneapolis slash St. Paul faces, but if it was facing towards Canada, that thing would have needed a passport. He crushed it down the line. They said 440 down the line, I believe. It looked like it went a lot deeper than that. Third deck is where that sucker landed, and people got out of the way because they didn't want a hole through their chest. 
It was a right-handed swing to an Ian Happ has not shown very much right-handed pop. So it was nice to see Ian Happ's batting average still sitting around 191. But again, over the last three weeks to a month, uh, maybe not a month, but over definitely over the last two to three weeks, things have been looking better for one Ian Happ. His long-term future, uh, some, some, some stuff to be talked about still there. Some things to be talked about still in regards to Ian Happ. Patrick Wisdom went one for four with a double. Still hitting about 256. OPS about 900. Still, what you like what you see out of Wisdom. This was post, posted by uh, the Marquee Sports Network's Twitter account, at Watch Marquee, in which Patrick Wisdom is fifth among third basemen in outs above average, which is a, st- a statistic that's still fairly new, but one I like. How many more outs are you making compared to the average player at your position? It's kind of a cool stat. I really dig it as far as defensive numbers go. Because a lot of defensive stats are a little bit like, eh. you know, errors especially. The air as a statistic is kind of gone out the window in a lot of ways. Because there are some guys who are you're like, this guy's an amazing defender. And then you look up and you're like, he's second in airs? How? Oh, because he's got that much range. He ranges over to a ball. And it's a ball that because he got over there so quickly, you're like, he should have had that. But really, it's a ball that, 85% of short steps die for and still miss it. But he got to it in a decent enough position, but threw it away. You know what I mean? Like there's also like in the outfield, a blooper that someone should have caught. They maybe they don't see it in the sun or whatever. I understand if they don't see it in the sun, you can't give an air. Yeah, I'm not sure if people are aware of that, but if a, a ball that just drops in the outfield between two outfielders, for whatever reason, not an air. It has to go off their glove. I don't know why that is. There's some judgment stuff to it, but sometimes you're like, eh. It feels like that shouldn't be on the pitcher. So, you know, outs above average. It's a newer stat. So far, I'm into it. If a flaw arises in the stat and how they measure it, I'll attack that too. I'm very fair when it comes to things like this. But Patrick Wisdom ranks fifth in all of third basemen. He didn't play his first game at third base until May 31st. He was mostly left field for a stretch there, and then he started playing at third. He plays a phenomenal. I'm just saying right now, Patrick Wisdom, I mean, unless you go 0 for September, which I don't see that happening, you have earned your place on the 2022 Cubs. Ideally, you're betting sixth because you do strike out a lot, but you got a ton of pop. You you don't you don't let fastballs sneak by you. Good production. I don't mind strikeouts as long as your production stays where it's at. If you want to strike out 40% of the time but have a 900 OPS, no one's complaining. I've mentioned this before to people. Shohei Otani, who's going to be the MVP in the American League, and Fernando Tatis, who's most likely the MVP in the National League, they both strike out well, well above average, close to 30%, both those guys. Does their fan bases care? No, because they're productive as hell. They are getting out, you know, they just happen to make their outs via the strikeout. They're still batting for a good average. They're still getting on base a lot. So no one minds it then. It's only when you're Javi, again, love Javi, but still, you're striking out 37, 38% of the time, and you're only getting on base 28% of the time, that's bad. You know, if Javi had an on-base percentage of 350 or 360, nobody would really mind about the strikeouts. They'd be like, all right, instead of popping it up a bunch, he's striking out. It's So again, like that's, that's the thing about it. You want the balanced approach. You can't have four guys striking out nearly 30% of the time in your lineup like we had had. Had had, that sounds funny to say, but it's correct. You can't have that. So you got to have the balance. But so pet, petty wisdom, I am happy to pencil you in at third base next season. Obviously, the dream of Brian coming back would be great, but he could play outfield. Duffy went one for three with a walk. Uh, that, that 
that guy made a great play too, going out in a shallow uh, shallow right field, catching the ball over his head, firing it into home to double up a runner. That basically saved the game right there. So Duffy has been a solid. He's a solid guy. I'd bring him back as like a, you know, backup. He's a good bench bat. He's a guy that you'd let start for a stretch. But and, and again, I've said this a million times when he was starting consistently along with Nico. That's when the Cubs offense was at its best. It was ranked second best in the NL for the month of May. And those two were really the big culprits balancing things out. Hayward one for four. Who cares? <laughs> oh, for four was Revis with three strikeouts. I'm just being honest about Jay Hay. It's just, it's nothing. A great teammate and all that. If he goes four for four, I'll say great job, but I just don't. There's no reason to be excited about him one way or another. We know what we got in you, Jay Hay. Best case scenario, your defensive replacement late in innings next year. You're coming off the bench. Spot start here. They got here. Spot start here or there against some bad right handed pitching. I'm talking a mile a minute, I feel like I, I got to slow it down. I got I to gotta leave at a certain time to pick someone up. So, But I got time. Well, I'm not going to rush through this. You deserve better of me. Um, as most of you have known, if you have not listened to yesterday's episode, there was a big announcement in yesterday's episode that should I make you go back and listen to it if you haven't. Yeah, why not? Go back and listen to it right now. Go back and do that. That sounds like a fun thing to do. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. This app is free to download. And once you're in, you could talk with other fans athletes and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. How about that? You could find a whole like army of locked on hosts all over there in NHL rooms and NBA rooms and NFL rooms. You want to get in on it. Okay. So here's what you want to do, right? Green room is the perfect place to start the conversation about the league. You love, you'll find fans just like yourself. So you can form watch parties. You can have debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to all the big news and rumors, all the things that make sports being a sports fan super enjoyable, right? Especially with baseball's offseason coming soon and the preseason starting up in NFL and NBA and NHL just around the corner. We all know that fall is a fun season and it is just a mere 20 days away. Okay. So go and download the free green room app right now, available on all iOS devices. That's your that's their iPhones. That's all your Apple products right there. And be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join whatever groups you like, NFL, MLB, NHL, all that stuff. And you could find all sorts of lockdown hosts there, right? So again, download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, Cubs fans. I was saying that, uh, you know, with, with what's happening with Jason Hayward, you know, it's going up and down the box score, of course. Did I finish that? Chirinos, one for three. He's been good. He's been it finally found a backup. I wish we would have had him at the start of the year. He is a fellow countryman to Wilson Contreras, too, so I'm sure they're buddies. Is it weird to assume that? I don't think it's weird to assume that. You know, if I when I moved to Los Angeles and I and I lived, I lived there for a stretch, everybody, and I met other Chicagoans, it was kind of like, hey, hey, how you doing? What's up? Same difference. It's not weird to assume two uh, Venezuelan guys are gonna be all like, Yeah, man, let's talk about our favorite dishes. Did you hear about the latest Venezuelan pop star? Like, I don't, I don't, you know, whatever they talk about, right? Now, Andrew Romine, he went 0 for 4 with two strikeouts. Alcantara kind of banged up his leg. There's no real answer at the shortstop position. I know they wanted Nico to get a good look there, but he kind of re-aggravated his injury. I have advocated for just shutting Nico down. We're not trying to win ball games at this point. We're just trying to see development, and the development I'm looking for the most, really four guys, Wisdom and Schwindel, those two to, to continue to prove that they are for real. Ortega as well, and then the reemergence of Ian Happ so we get an understanding of what to look for out of him going forward. 
And yes, Rivas, Alphonse Rivas would be another person to look at going forward too. Okay. Pitching wise, Davies, I gave you his line. He went into the fifth, gave up one earned six hits, no walks though, which was very big. That's always been big for Zach Davies start because he's been horrible this year. 4.91 ERA. And I talked about on yesterday's podcast is lack of control is really what separated him this year from all his seasons in the past, in which he'd been a guy whose ERA was mostly in the mid threes. He'd been a really solid performer. I think a lot of Cubs fans had a bad taste in their mouth about him because, A, we were trading Darvish, who's runner-up for Cy Young. Should have won Cy Young. And I know Yu's on the IL right now. He wasn't all-star in the first half, though. So, yes, he would have helped the Cubs very much because there's always a domino effect to having a starting pitcher who goes in the seventh inning every time. It makes your bullpen strong because you get more guys rest. So you got to think about that. And then you don't mind taking out a guy a little bit earlier for other starters because your bullpen's well-rested and the days you goes deep. I digress. Both Manny Rodriguez and Hoyer have been phenomenal. Hoyer, of course, came over in the White Sox trade. He went one inning. He did give up three hits, but he walked a guy, struck out a guy. Double play really helped him out. But, you know, he put up a goose egg. He put up a zero. Clean, not a clean inning, but a clean as far as no runners touched home plate. Uh, Morgan bounced back a little bit. Still don't really love him going forward. Wick looked great. Wick had one inning, struck out two. He has looked really strong since he's come back. If Wick is healthy to go along with Manny Rodriguez, who went two innings, Manrod, as people are calling him, fun nickname, I suppose, and Hoyer, that's pretty good right there. And then whoever loses the battle for the fifth starter spot next year, like Keegan Thompson, Justin Steele, it'd be nice if both those guys proved to be guys. They go into the bullpen, and then we got a couple guys like this leper guy. Sounds like he's like a leper, but he's not. That's just like his last name. He's throwing in the upper 90s at AAA hour right now. He could be ready to knock on that door next year. I just I've got a lot of confidence in their ability to find the right bullpen arms. And if and if Week comes back healthy too, you know, Brad Week, Wick, I think it's pronounced Wick, but it looks like Week. So I say that to, you have to say that on an audio podcast to differentiate between Wick and Wick. Because they're both pronounced Wick, but one looks like Week and one is spelled Wick. Anyway, you guys get what I'm saying. I'm I'm just confident that they could put together a bullpen. You know, it's the starting rotation in the lineup that is what we need to talk about. And if Frank Schwindel's a guy, I already said Patrick Wisdom on more than, Patrick Wisdom's earned it. He has earned his spot on the Cubs next year. Frank Schwindel is inching closer to that. You got Schwindel and Wisdom at the corners. You got Nico Horner at second. Madrigal, find left field or DH him because the DH is coming. Then, you, you know, if you put Madrigal's the DH, it's like, man, no power. DH is such a power spot. Why? You go out and get a shortstop like a Seeger or even a Correa I'm okay with. I, I doubt they're going to want to go that rich in blood with Correa, but Seeger's a possibility because you're going to need a left-handed bat. He fits the profile. I know I've gone over this, but it feels like it, it bears repeating. They're not that far away offensively. Now, it's strange to say that about a team that finished August because we are now into September with last night's win. The Chicago Cubs finished the month of August with a 7-19 and record. Played 26 games. They won seven. Just awful. But also, what would you expect? At the end of July, the last day of July, we said goodbye to Anthony Rizzo, Chris Bryant, Javier Baez, and our three best bullpen pitchers in Kimbrell, Tapera, and Chafin. Not to mention a great bench bat in Marisnik. Another uh, arm in Trevor Williams. Earlier in the month, we said goodbye to Jock Peterson. Like, yeah, okay, like you get rid of that many people, you're going to expect some poor production. But the three hitters, Ortega, Schwindel, Wisdom, 
and only and Ian Happ only recently, they have been hitting. Now the starting pitching has been awful, 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 and the middle relief has been pretty awful too. You know, as soon as we take out the starter after three innings, you bring in a guy like like Morgan who hasn't been much, or some of these other no name guys who's already been sent down. Jewel, you know, the only Jewel in this town I get groceries at, pal. Right, so like it's going to hurt you a little bit. Rex brothers coming in. They finally said bye to Winkler. Longtime listeners of this podcast are going to know when you guys, when you guys miss me, you're going to think one day for the rest of your lives. Whenever you hear the name Winkler, I'm hoping you'll hear me going Winkler. Really? You're bringing in Winkler. Like that's just how it's going to be. So again, with the offensive players, I just named, when everyone said, I still see people who are just downtrodden and I've, I'm with you. I've been very angry and very upset and often depressed about how the greatest era of Cubs baseball came to a halt. And I get even more annoyed and mad and sad thinking that this ownership is going to go cheap again. They're going to use the CBA. Now they used the pandemic to be cheap before. Now they're going to use the CBA and not knowing what the future of the CBA holds because major league baseball is such a dumb league Great sport, baseball, great sport. League itself, stupid. Because you know they're gonna st- the CBA will drag out really long, and only the owners who really care enough, they're gonna go out and buy some players where every other owner is gonna be like, Well, we had to wait and see. You know, it's really hard to prepare for a season, which and I get that. I actually do. That part of the business side does make sense. You have to wait and see what it's gonna be before you have a real plan. Because you might not know. But either way, two. Two good offensive players, two strong free agents, any combination of several different two players, but one to me he needs to be left-handed. You get two really good bats, it changes your whole offense. I mean, I really mean it. It's, it makes it an offense that competes, that will definitely compete in the Central, if not be maybe a, a top half offense in all in all the National League. I can't say the whole league, but that's I really do believe that. And they could afford to do it without stunting the growth of the, all the talent they just acquired. Brennan Davis, again, will be barging through the door. By the start of the second half next year, you could have Davis in center, Castellanos in left, or DHing. You know, And then hopefully Corey Seager at short with Nico Horner. That's a good defense. Wisdom, Seager. Seager still plays a little bit above average defense. He's obviously not Javi. Now talking about Javi... I'll save that for uh, after these commercials, everybody. Built Bar. Talk to any Built Bar fan, and they'll tell you they've got so many delicious flavors, you don't even know what to pick. There is something for everybody. They've got coconut. They've got raspberry. They've got mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and, of course, German chocolate. Mint brownie, that's my jam right there. It's delish. Uh, not only are they incredibly tasty, but they're good for you. A great way to start off your morning. They're insanely healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories only from 130 to 180. Four to five grams of sugar. That's a key one to look out for. Because all those other ones, these competing ones that legally I can't say their names, they're loaded in sugar. A lot of them are. Not all of them. What am I saying? But they're they're not they're not built bar. Built bar built to make you strong all day long. Trust me on that stuff. Amazing flavors. All tasty. All healthy. They are the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Huh? Isn't that neat? Go to BuiltBar.com, everyone. Use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That is right. Use promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. This episode is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together. How about this? This, 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 this is going to be a familiar 
sounding scenario or scenario if you're a jerk for <laughs> sorry I hate I hear people say scenario and I like to make the ads unique you're gonna remember this ad because I was goofy about it stick to the script Joe I will not sir have you ever had this right you're watching the game live on your TV streaming it you know and then your phone you're, you're checking out one of your favorite TV shows right then you got you got your sports and you got your neighbors uh, your best friends login for all the good stuff you know what we're talking about we're talking about the, the, the good, good stuff, premium channels, right? Well, what about this? What if I told you there was a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together? It's called Direct TV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you could watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and remembering passwords. You ever accidentally get logged out and you're like, all right, I guess we're just never watching this app again. That's happened to me before because you, it's annoying that they don't make let you try an infinite amount of times. It's like, just I know it's one of these combinations of letters, so just stop it. And they're like, nope, we're logging you out in 24 hours. You can't come back in. And I'm like, yeah, it's a bummer. All right, so get rid of the clutter. And also, there's no annual contract for that. Get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. DirectTV.com for more information. All right, Cubs fans, I was going to mention this with Javi Bias. Now, Javi didn't start the game for the Mets yesterday. They had a real early afternoon game, weird on a Tuesday. Javi comes in in the eighth inning as a pinch hitter. When he's announced, the TV camera just shows every Mets fan in the stands booing their little hearts away. They could not boo Javi louder, just screaming, boo. They, like, uh, a hometown crowd. I've never seen a hometown crowd boo their own player that harshly. And Javi's just listening, like, all right, fine, fine. Gets hit by a pitch. Maybe they kind of cheered a little bit, but I still felt like there was some. I don't know if they cheered for the sake of being like, oh, you got him base, or if they cheered, be like, yeah, I'm glad you got hit. Right there, I'm like, Javi, I cannot, he cannot get out of New York fast enough. And obviously, the Mets aren't going to admit their mistake by just releasing him. They're not going to do that when they make a trade in which they give up Pete Crow Armstrong, who is, was a top five prospect in a draft pick from just last year's draft for them. They're not going to admit that. So they're going to stick with Javi. And Javi, I want Javi to be Javi. I don't want him apologizing to fans and trying to get him back on his good side. You be you, kid. You be you. In the ninth inning, he reaches on an infield single and then does what Javi does. On a base hit in the left field, the left fielder bobbles it slightly. He scores all the way from first base. A great Javi slide, game-winning run. Everyone jumps him down screaming. They cut to Mets fans. They're going nuts cheering. And I'm thinking, no, you don't deserve it. You don't deserve him. I'm not saying fans don't have the right to boo. You know me, guys. I say it's stupid because it doesn't help your own players. That's not a way you support your own team. Boo the other team. Boo if there's a complete lack of effort, okay? Then you could boo. Managerially, you could boo if they're taking on a starter who's cruising. But even the manager understands, like, that's ah, more like, yeah, I got to do this part of the job. I don't think they care. They get booed in that situation. That doesn't hurt a manager's feelings. And the pitcher feels good because it's like, oh, man, you hear this? They want me to stay out here. They love me. Yeah, right? They feel good about that. It's just something to, to think about in that regard. Um, so I did want to talk about this because I've been trying to do these free agent profiles because, you know, at this point in the year, we got we to have some fun with it and think what could what could be. All right, let's talk about Javi Baez now a little bit. I, I profiled Javi a little bit before, and a lot of people are saying, hey, if any Cub comes back, it could be Javi. Now, by the way, Rizzo was struggling for a little bit, but now over his last seven games, he's hitting 308. He had a home run last night, went two for four. Rizzo's starting to show some stuff. You guys know me. I'm very Team Anthony Rizzo. I will always root for that human being. 
I'll always root for anyone who was part of the Cubs 2016 team, except Chapman. Um, he, he almost destroyed all of us. Anyhow, with Javi Baez, a lot of people are saying Javi, who is still 28, still young, going into his age 29 season, so it still should be a prime year. You know, he's got 26 home runs. RBI number, the power numbers are solid. His LPS is even 800. That's good with that when you bring in that defense. He's just a frustrating player, though, because he'll do things you've never seen before on a diamond and then go 0 for 4 swinging at pitches that were not even close to the batter's box. It's he's he's a he's a he's an enigma wrapped in a riddle that dresses like shortstop, you know. And when I think about the idea of Javi coming back, because everyone thinks now he might be in the range of what Marcus Simeon did last year, which is a one year prove yourself again type of deal. You know, he signed for like one year, 15 million or so dollars. I think Simeon got closer to 18 million. I feel like Javi, because he's entering a, a shortstop market that's pretty deep still. You know, you got Correa, of course, Seeger, Trevor Story, Simeon, who could also play shortstops, re-entering that market. And then Javi, who kind of pretty much comes in at number five on that. So I'm thinking one year, 15 million. So it's like, well, why not the Cubs? He'll come back here one year, 15 million. He's familiar with the Cubs. He loves Cubs fans. He loves Wrigley Field. That makes a lot of sense, right? He's got some guys here he's still friends with. I just don't see him doing it. I think he's like, why do I have to go? Why would you want to go through a whole one-year thing again? A whole one-year thing again in which you're going to have to answer the questions of, you think they'll extend you? They think they're going to trade you again in the same ballpark with the same... Why Why would you put yourself through that if you're Javi? I just don't see it. I can see the Cubs signing a one-year player like that. Maybe Trevor Story's market gets to the point where he needs to be that one-year guy. I don't know. Corey Seager's finishing the year good enough, and he'll probably have a nice playoff run. But it seems pretty clear the Dodgers are willing to move on from him because they've got some they got Trey, they got Trey Turner who could fill in there uh, or become that shortstop that they'll look to extend because they have him for no whole another year out of team control. But if they were to bring back Javi, say maybe Javi's like a two year deal. How about that? So I don't have to deal with it for a whole year again. Then I think you got to let Ian Hap go. I think Ian Hap gets traded because Patrick Wisdom's are in the spot. Like I said, you can't have Wisdom, Bias, and Hap in the same lineup. Even with Nico, Madrigal, and Schwindel, and maybe another contact guy, it's still it's not enough. And because Wilson Contreras strikes out a lot too, you just you can't have him back there. So if you brought Bias back, Hap would have to go, and I'd be okay with that. Um, as long as we you know if we feel if we brought back Castiano, if we signed Castianos and Bias as the two guys we brought back, even though that is way too right-handed a lineup for my liking, and Brendan Davis will be up soon, and he's very right-handed. You got to balance it with some lefties. I'd still be pretty excited about that. At least it, it brings excitement back to the team. I think that's what we're, we what, what hurts the most because even though we knew the core needed to be reshuffled, I'll never say completely blown up because I disagree with that, but shuffled up a little bit, make makeover, remodel, home edition, Cubs edition, whatever you want to call it. At least with the core, you still had some excitement going into the year. Going into 2021, I thought to myself, what if we got the best year of each one of these guys? What if we got 2016 Chris Bryant and 2018 Javi Baez and 2019 Anthony Rizzo or 2015 Anthony Rizzo? What if we got all these guys? Contreras, 20, what was his best year? 2017 might have been his best season. What if we got all these guys playing at their absolute best? We are going to win 100 games. Easy. That's what I kept thinking. See, you had that. But if you go in next year with a lot of this offense plus a lot of other, like, you know, roll the dice type pieces, then then it's a bummer, you know? So at the very least, I'm asking Judd Hoyer and Tom Ricketts, let's bring some excitement back to the north side.
All right, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Lockdown Cubs podcast. Go back and listen to yesterday's episode if you missed my announcement. You guys are all amazing. I appreciate each and every one of you. All the messages I've been getting means so much to me. You guys have no idea. I'll be back with uh, episode tomorrow and uh, Friday. All right. As always, go Cubs. Lockdown bets, everybody. Betting on the NBA, MLB, or NFL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Lockdown Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts.